Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We have pride in Tacoma because, like I said, we're like overlooked. We we feel like we're the younger brothers sometimes, and we have Tacoma across our chest or go against anybody that's not from Tacoma. We try to show, you know, who we are as basketball players and who we are as people, and we're just hardworking individuals that just, you know, want to be the best. That was Washington State's all-time leading three-point shooter, former Curtis standout Devontae Lacey. He's today's guest. Welcome to Dan Dickow's Quarantine Series on the Scorebook Live Today podcast. As the world, particularly the world of sports, is shut down due to the coronavirus, we're ramping things up a notch here at Scorebook Live. Every weekday, Dan interviews an expert in the world of sports, from star hoopers and coaches like Steve Kerr, Jamal Crawford, and Doug Christie, to seven-time Mr. Olympia bodybuilder Phil. We hope you're entertained and maybe learn a thing or two as we navigate these uncertain times. The easiest way to tune in is by subscribing. In addition to our weekly Washington High School Sports News and Conversation podcast released Thursdays, hosted by myself, Andy Bueller, fellow reporter Todd Millis, Dan is bringing you interviews just like this one delivered five days a week. Head to wherever you get your podcast, subscribe for free, and while you're there, leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. Before we get to Dan's interview today, a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Washington Federal. Washington Federal is a local bank and portfolio lender with more than 200 branches across eight states, more than 32,000 fee-free ATMs, 24-7 online and mobile banking with drive-up ATMs. And Washington Federal is a proud sponsor of Scorebook Live. They care deeply about high school sports and the communities that support them across the entire state of Washington. Head to WFDBank.com to learn how they can help you meet your financial goals. That's WAFDBank.com. Washington Federal, a neighbor you can count on. We hope everybody's staying safe and healthy. We're just as excited for high school sports to return as you are. Now, Dan Dickow. Dan Dickow, Scorebook Live, Washington today during our quarantine series where we talk to an expert in the field of sports. It could be a broadcaster, front office executive, a coach, or a player. Today's is a player. We graduated from Curtis High School in Tacoma in 2011 where, unfortunately for him and similar to me, wasn't quite able to win a state title but had a tremendous amount of success before moving on to the college ranks at Washington State, where he became their all-time leading three-point shooter, Devontae Lacey. Devontae, how is life for you these days, and, and what is filling up your days uh, during this stay-at-home kind of quarantine time? Um, thanks for having me, uh, Dan. Um, days really consist of just, you know, uh, trying to stay out, out the house, trying to limit interaction. Um, but also trying to find ways to continue to be better as a basketball player um, physically and mentally. Um, I work out uh, probably once or twice a day. I know I work out every day in the morning um, and then go, go on a run at night um, and spend a lot of time with my fiance. Um, you know, we, I spend all the time overseas, you know, during the year. So this time is, you know, some catch-up time with, with us and our relationship. So it's been, it's been evenly spread. 
Uh, good to hear that that you're staying in shape, you're staying healthy, you're getting a chance to uh, spend some time with uh, your your soon to be wife. Um, because you're right, you spend a lot of time as a professional over in Europe, and we'll talk about you know some of the struggles and positives to playing professionally over in Europe uh, shortly. But I want to take a step back to your high school career. Played for one of the really good high school coaches, both um, strategically, tactician as well as people as a coach, and that's Coach Tim Kelly. Are there any memories that stand out to you from your time playing for him at Curtis? Uh, yeah, one memory in particular. Um, there's a, you, you can't dunk in high school in the warm-ups. Or you couldn't back then, and we used to do this thing, throw it off the backboard, and I used to be the last. And to this day, I, I tell him I didn't dunk it. And they, the, the ref said I dunked it. And uh, I had to go over and tell Coach that he had a seatbelt for the first uh, half of the game. And he didn't say a word the first half of the game. And this is our biggest rival is Puyallup Vikings. He didn't say a word, didn't talk to anybody, didn't sub, didn't do it. He just sat down the whole first half of the game. And then second half, the halftime came, and he got, like, probably an inch away from my face and yelled at me the whole halftime. Didn't, didn't waste a breath on anybody else. Uh, yelled at me the whole halftime, came out. I think I had like 25 or 24 in the second half, and we ended up winning. But it, at the time, I was like, oh, he hates me. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't like me. I'm about to transfer, all this stuff. And looking back on it, it was a really great memory because, you know, he just showed how much he loved me and how, like, he was mad. He was mad. And when you, when you love one of your kids so much and you're mad, sometimes, you know, you take it out on them in that way. And that's exactly what I needed. A um, little bit of tough love. And to this day, we're super close, we're super close. And that's, um, he's one of the best coaches I've ever had. That's a great story. You, you got him to have the seatbelt rule on the first half. Man. Phenomenal. <laughs> and it was the worst. The worst part was the ref told me I had to go tell coach that he had the seatbelt. He didn't, <laughs> the ref didn't go tell him that he had to take, I had to go tell him that was the worst part. He didn't, and then he just didn't say a word for 25, 30 minutes game time. That is great. That is a great story. There's a lot of really good basketball players that have come out of Curtis and the Tacoma area. How much pride do you have when you look at guys like an Abdul Gadi or an Avery Bradley or um, Isaiah Thomas having such success? And you're right there, too. I mean, you, you've carved out a, a tremendous career over in Europe. How do you guys support each other, and how do you guys keep in, in touch with each other during a season? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's hard for Tacoma in, in our eyes as Tacoma athletes. Um, we always get feel like we're overlooked by Seattle. Um, I mean, and Seattle has such great talent and stuff, and I think it's, it was finally our turn coming up and seeing all the guys that I wouldn't say failed, just didn't have the right uh, – how you say resources to be successful. And then when, you know, you have IT, Avery, Abdul, you know, other guys that went on to college and been successful, they uh, had the resources and stuff. So we try to just, you know, be that for the younger guys. So we have more guys with success. Um, we have pride in Tacoma because like I said, we're like overlooked. We, we feel like we're the younger brothers sometimes. And, you know, um, we try to hold our own every time, 
we we have Tacoma across our chest or go against anybody that's not from Tacoma. We try to show, you know, who we are as basketball players and who we are as people. And we're just hardworking individuals that just, you know, want to be the best. With that hard work and that work ethic that, that you just mentioned, you carved out a really nice career at Washington State for yourself. What made you decide to go to Washington State out of Tacoma as opposed to maybe some of your other opportunities? Um, Washington State, at first, it was just I wanted to stay in the, in the Pac-12. Um, that was first and foremost. I always wanted to believe I could play at that level. Um, so I wanted to play there. And then they were the first offer. But they, they had, like, a really family atmosphere. Um, and, on my you know, one of the – junior day visits or whatever they said I had 24-hour access to the gym and for someone that wants to be who I wanted to be you know that was like that was the one thing I complained about in Tacoma was like I couldn't get into the gym whenever I wanted so it was like um, that was a big selling point and then coach Allen was a really good coach for me he's exactly what I needed being from Tacoma um, playing at UW and then you know he was an assistant at WSU at the time Um, it just was an overall great fit and I see myself having success, and I envisioned it, and uh, ultimately had it just because of the opportunities that they gave me. Well, you mentioned you believed you could play at that level uh, when you were in high school, uh, speaking of the Pac-12, and you absolutely proved it. All-time leading three-point shooter at Washington State. You averaged double figures your last three years there. Are there any particular memories about playing in Pullman or maybe an off-the-court memory of being a student at Washington State that, that really brings back a lot of pride to you? Man, um, there's just – I mean, you, you just like you know in college, there's so many things that happen on a daily basis between you and your teammates that are just memories, that are memories you think about forever. Um, so there's so many of those. Uh, just, just one memory in particular that just – kind of embodies who I was at Washington State um, and means a lot to me personally. It was the coaches show, uh, like the last, uh, probably last week I was there. And um, the uh, an older lady came up to me. She was the grandma of a kid that was at the camp, one of our camps in the summer. And he was like, and she told me a story that her, her grandchild didn't want to participate in the camps or anything. And I was a freshman, I think, or a sophomore at the time. And he was crying off to the side, and I just came over to him and uh, her and asked what was wrong. And he was—he said he was nervous. He didn't have no friends or anything. And I, um, and I came over to him and said, "Don't worry about it. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good friend to have. As long as you have me, like you have everybody else's, be friends and everything. super better and had a great camp." But she shared that with me. I mean, three, almost three years later. And it, and, it, and it showed that, like, I had a bigger re- impact than I, I, I knew, you know. And that's kind of what we are as athletes in today's society is just role models and stuff. And it was, it was pretty nice to hear. Um, it was reassuring. And um, there's one memory that I'll, you know, stick with for a long time. That, that is a great example of the impact that uh, an athlete, and in particular a college athlete, can have in a community, especially like Pullman. Now, you have the ability to impact other kids during their high school time leading into college. 
Um, what would your advice be to somebody who's being recruited, whether it's the Division One level or maybe in any high school? What would your advice be for them to really consider before committing to a school? Um, I talk about this a lot, actually, with kids going through the process. Uh, just make sure it's a good fit. Uh, it's not always about the size of the school or, like, um, the success that they have. It's about the fit. It's about how can you go there. And everybody wants to play. I mean, that's the name of the game. Everybody wants to play. So you have to be mature enough to understand that, you know, they might be a D1 program, but they haven't had a winning season in five years, six years. You know, you have to be mature enough to say, okay, do I want to go there or do I want to have a great, you know, career win and experience all the things that come with winning the NCAA tournament, you know, the the turn all the tournaments, you know, advancing in the conference tournament, the holiday tournaments. It's just winning is fun and winning gets you a lot farther than losing, especially when it comes to being a professional and, you know, getting paid to play this game. So make the right decision and make sure it's a good fit, comfortable fit. And, uh, you know, you can have you can envision yourself having success there. You had, as I mentioned, a tremendous amount of success in Pullman at Washington State. And you move on to play professionally. And you went to your you went to Europe and you're currently uh, still playing professionally in Europe. Most people don't understand how, how, one, how good you have to be to play professionally in Europe and carve out a, a lengthy career. But, two, most people don't understand that the, the demand and the grind uh, that you go through to play over there. Where are you yeah. currently playing, and what does a typical day look like for a professional basketball player over there? Because I had two stints, and most people don't believe me when I tell them that it's oh, not a man. vacation. You have two practices a day. Oh, that's on a that's on a good day. Two practices. Um, it's it's different, man. It's different. It's it's like kind of like you said. Not everybody thinks it's everybody thinks it's easy. You think you're just playing the game. Um, this year, I was currently I left to go to. Uh, can you still hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I left Turkey. I was in Turkey the first three months, and then I left Turkey and ended the last two months in Germany. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's, it's not, it's not easy. Um, you typical day, you wake up around like seven or eight, um, first practice is at nine. That's usually about, um, nine, uh, nine to about 10, 10, 10, 15. Um, and then you have lunch, you know, go rest up for the second practice, um, around like, you know, it just depends on your gym, uh, five or six, you know, two hours of practice, get done by eight or nine, and then restart it all over again. But you also have to get weights in three times a week. Um, you have to grocery shop. I mean, it's people think it's, it's just the little things people don't think about. Um, you have to learn words for foods. If you have an allergy, you have to learn the, the word, how to say it without, um, how to learn those words when you're grocery shopping. Um, it's just, it's a lot of aspects, little aspects that add up to big things. You know, it, it's, it becomes aware every, you know, six months when you're, you haven't seen none of your family, you know, you only can see them in FaceTime. I mean, you know, I can't hug my wife, I mean, my fiance. It's just a lot of little things that, that wear on you. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you are playing a game. Um, I get to play a game that I love. 
Um, so there is some pros, there is some cons, but I love what I do. I mean, my fiance gets jealous because I come home and I really don't have, you know, work sometimes and she just gets jealous because she has to uh, be home working and stuff. So, I mean, I, I do love my life. I do love my job, but it is hard. It is hard like anything else, but I do it because I love it and I want to be great. That's awesome to hear that, that you haven't lost the passion for the game of basketball because when that goes, it's hard to get mm. it back. Last question before I let you go, and I want to stay on the topic of, of playing over in Europe. I had a couple experiences playing, and you look into the crowd and you see something you just don't believe, and it's happening. <laughs> Matt Santangelo, who played at Gonzaga, currently is the executive director at HoopFest. He played seven years. He recently told me a story about an event that happened during a game um, when he was playing in Italy. Are there any crazy stories that you can share with us really quickly about uh, your time over, overseas? It wasn't not so, not so much of a, just a crazy story, just, just an experience to the point where I looked at myself in the mirror and was just like, what am I doing? I was uh, – I was in Nuremberg, Germany. It's actually kind of close to Bamberg where you were playing. Um, and they had their sponsor quit before the season. So they had to makeshift a basketball court. So they went to an airport and put a big tent in the parking lot of the airport and then brought in some like um, uh, some like trailers for bathrooms and uh, locker rooms and stuff. So as you walk from the gym, you walk outside on concrete and like go into the court and then I'm, I'm and I'm just baffled by it the whole time we're warming up and then we do the, like the start lineups and stuff and I look over and in the crowd is a Russell Wilson lime green basketball jersey and I just look over and I just like first I didn't even know they made basketball jerseys for Seahawks like I was just <laughs> I was so confused at like what is going on right now like where am I I just looked around and I was just like all right, here we go. And then the crazy thing about that, we finished that game with no coach and four players because of the restrictions on you only can have two Germans on the um, – you only can have three Americans on the court at the same time. So one of our Germans got hurt, one fouled out, and one didn't come. And then we – so we only had like a 17-year-old German. And we were like, we can't, you know, <laughs> we, can't, we can't put him up there like that. So we, um, yeah, we ended that game. I think it was the last four, I think, eight minutes of the game with no coach, four players in the airport parking lot with Russell Wilson basketball jersey cheering us on, man. It was, it was just one of those moments you like, where am I? What am I doing, man? <laughs> that is awesome. I, I love it. And then that's the thing that most people, unless you've experienced it, you don't believe it, but I uh, wholeheartedly uh, believe it. I can uh, picture it in my mind now, having spent some time over there myself. Uh, Devonte, awesome. I appreciate the time. Thanks for the great stories, the advice to young players, and, and reminiscing a little bit about your time at, at Curtis High School. So continue to stay in shape. Uh, best of luck with the wedding preparation and the plans during these times, and uh, Thank thanks you. for everything you do for the state of Washington in basketball. No, thank you, Dan. I appreciate you having me. Um, uh, thank you. Anything I, anything I can do to help these kids get to the next level and have be successful in life, it's not all about basketball, but I can help. So uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Stay healthy, stay safe. All right. Thanks again. Talk soon.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.